Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look, style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. Hey there, welcome back to the Everyday Style School. I'm Jennifer Mary, and I am so thankful that you're listening today. We've got a lot happening in this style school in this episode. We're continuing with our body type discussions covering the rectangle. We're talking about shoes in our word of the week, and we've got our first listener question. Super exciting. But before we dig in, let's check your homework from the last episode. Last week, we went over what your body proportions mean in, in terms of standard body types. So if you're still catching up, I hope you've had a chance to do that. If not, go listen to episodes two and three. Trust me when I say that these episodes will be so much more meaningful to you if you know what your body type proportions are and what they mean in terms of what body shape you are. Also, I want to encourage you to listen to all the body type discussions, even if it's a a body type that's not yours. You're going to find little nuggets of wisdom, at least I hope it's wisdom, in each episode that apply to every single person, so you don't want to miss out on anything. The other homework we had was just for our self-described hourglasses, and that was to go through your closet and look at some of your favorite pieces, as well as the ones you just don't love for some reason. Hopefully you saw some connections with the guidelines that I shared last week. I'd love to hear about them in the Everyday Style Lounge on Facebook. You can find a link in the show notes. All right, I'm ready to dive in. Are you? Let's start, as always, with a lesson from Linda. Now, clients come in two categories. Either they politely tell me they don't want to dress like me, which is fine. They say things like, well, I love leather leggings on you, but I don't think I could wear that. Or, I mean, I I like what you're wearing, but I don't want to look like that, which is absolutely fine. That's great. Or they love what I'm doing and say, what you're wearing, just do that. This Linda was definitely in the second category. And she told me repeatedly, I just want your wardrobe. I just, what are you, where did you buy that top? I just want that. What, I just want what you're doing, which is great. That's super flattering. And I'm glad that she loved my style. However, I'm an apple, which means I'm bigger on the top than on the bottom. She's a pear, which means she's bigger on the bottom than on the top. She might've loved my flowy blouses and skinny jeans, but when we put them on her, she was highlighting the parts she didn't love and concealing the parts she did. Since that's never my goal with my Lindas, we had to make some adjustments. The first thing we did was figure out what she liked about my style. Turns out it wasn't the individual pieces necessarily. It was that even though I dress pretty simply, especially when I'm working with clients for hours and hours at a time, my basics aren't boring. My jeans had an interesting wash and hem. I tend to wear standout jewelry and even my sneakers were metallic. Once we knew that, it was easy to find what I like to call better than basic pieces that work for her unique body. In the end, she had a wardrobe that had a vibe a lot like mine, but was tailored to her body. Oh, and we did get her a pair of metallic sneakers because those are universally flattering and fabulous. Here's the big lesson from this, Linda. Looking to other style is a great way to find inspiration, but there will always come a time where looks you love won't necessarily love you back. I get asked a lot what to do if the current trends or a certain style isn't best for your body. 
My answer is always the same. First, how much does that matter to you? There may be times where you like that look so much that you don't care if it's not traditionally flattering and that's okay. Dressing your body type is just one part of the style equation. However, if you try something and think, nope, not going to do it, not wearing this out of the house, that's okay too. In that case, dig a little deeper to find out what it is about the style that's inspired you. Is it the color? Is it the accessories? Is it just that someone has a clearly defined personal style? How can you translate what you love about someone else's look into something that makes you feel like the best version of yourself? That should be the goal, not to be a copycat, but to be inspired. Okay, let's move on to the word of the week in our vocabulary lesson. Today's word of the week is a shoe style that's been everywhere for the last couple of years, and that's the Dorsey style. It's spelled D apostrophe O-R-S-A-Y, pronounced like, what does the door say? The style is named after the 19th century French count, Count Dorsey, who was a bit of a bad boy, and he designed them as a men's military shoe. What makes this shoe unique is that it has two distinct parts. It has a back that covers the heel and a front vamp. If you're not familiar with that term, the vamp is the part of the shoe that covers the toes and goes up the foot. It's cut away on the sides, revealing the arch of the foot. You can also have a half Dorsey style in which only one side is cut out. Dorsey styles have always been popular in heels, but we're seeing them now in flats, loafers, booties, sandals, all kinds of styles. Here's what you need to know about Dorsey shoes. Because the sides of the shoe are open and meant to reveal the arch of the foot, these shoes often have no built-in arch support. It's not sexy to show a big orthopedic-friendly insole, right? Looking through my favorite comfort brands online, there were very few Dorsey styles. This just may not be the shoe for you if comfort is king or if you have problem feet. And that's all right. Not everything's going to work for everybody. Also, because these shoes have no sides to hold your foot in, they're often cut a little bit more narrow through the vamp. So as they stretch out, your foot still stays in. This can be challenging for those who need a wider toe box. If you have a medium to narrow forefoot, this could be a great style for you. In the show notes, I've got a link to a bunch of Dorsey styles under $100 to check out. Before we continue with our body shape series, let's open up office hours. We've got a question from Rachel. What's your question, Rachel? So my question is, I have a limited budget. What things is it worth it to spend more on and where is it okay to save money? I would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Wow, what a great question. First, let me say that the best way to save money on a wardrobe, on any wardrobe, is by having a plan, knowing what you need, and shopping your closet first. The first step to saving money is not buying more than you need. My Lindas are always shocked at how many usable pieces I can pull out of their closets when they thought they truly had nothing to wear. You may have more than you think. Always shop your closet first. Next, you need a plan. Shopping without a plan is a great way to buy one-off pieces that don't go with anything else, things you already have, and things you don't really need. My capsule guides are a great shopping plan that can help you stand track and even include a printable shopping list. When you're ready to hit the stores or the websites, here's my rule of thumb. Splurge on the outside and the inside, spend on the bottom, and save on the top. Let me explain. You should buy the absolute best bras, underwear, and outerwear you can afford. Bras and underwear because they make everything else you own look better or worse if you're not careful. And the second, because most people hang on to outerwear for a long time. So don't be afraid to invest in quality that will last and a style that makes you happy. I don't know anyone who's ever regretted paying a little bit more for these pieces. Then spend on the bottom. 
Bottoms show quality, and because we tend to buy fewer of them, they take a little bit more abuse. Cheap pants, jeans, and skirts lose their shape and their structure and their color more quickly and leave your whole outfit looking tired and shabby and frumpy. There is nothing worse than saggy butt pants, am I right? Finally, save on the top. The fact is that styles on the top change more quickly, we get tired of our tops faster, and we want to update them more often. Also, so many of the fabrics that are common today just don't hold up as well. It doesn't matter if you've paid $10 for that t-shirt or $50 for it. It's still going to get stains. It's still going to get those little holes in the belly. So as long as you feel good in the $10 t-shirt and like the way it looks, go for it. Generally, you can pair a $10 top with $100 jeans and look like a million bucks, but the reverse is rarely true and you end up ruining the effect of the more expensive shirt. Thanks for asking such an important style question, Rachel. And as the thank you, a copy of my Everyday Style Challenge is on its way to you. These 31 tasks will help you declutter your closet, use more of what you own, and help you love getting dressed again. And if you are out there listening and you've got a style question you'd like answered, head over to my website, youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast and ask away. I'd love to hear from you. We'll be back in just a minute to continue the Everyday Style Lecture Series on Body Shapes. Are you following me on Pinterest yet? Come check out my boards where you'll find fab fashion under 50 bucks, ideas for closet organization, extra advice, and more. Find me on Pinterest. I'm Everyday Style with Jen, or just head to the show notes for the link. Are you ready to dive into another body shape talk? Here we go. Before we get started, remember, use this information as flexible guidelines, not unbreakable rules. Do what suits you best, and if you love something, wear it, rules be damned. Use the guidelines as a starting point and focus on putting together a look you love with dressing your body shape being just one part of the equation. Today, we're talking about the rectangle body shape. This is the most common of all the body types. For me, the rectangle body is the easiest to dress and the hardest to give advice to. The reason for that is that most clothing out today is literally made for rectangle bodies. Most pants are designed with a straighter figure in mind and rectangles don't have a disproportionate top. They're usually struggling to fit. So finding clothes for rectangles is relatively easy. However, I find there's the most variation within the rectangle body, which we'll get into in a minute, and it makes giving meaningful advice that applies to a lot of people really challenging. Let's start with a description of the rectangle. A rectangle has shoulders and busts that are equal to her hips and a waist that is not well-defined. Not well-defined is up for interpretation. In a rectangle, this can go from no curve at all to, you know, a, a moderate curve. I think the best way to define it is how much gap in the back of your pants do you get? Rectangles don't get much of any gap in the back. If you get a big gap, I'd probably consider you more of an hourglass. In a lot of magazine articles that advertise how to dress any body shape, I know you've seen these, how to find jeans for any body shape, the best swimsuit for any body shape. In these articles, the rectangle is usually called athletic or boyish. And while those do fall under the rectangle umbrella, There are only two variations and leave a lot of rectangles clueless. The biggest variation is what one of my Linda's coined the hour tangle years ago. This is a body that exists between the totally straight rectangle shape and the super curvy hourglass. It's the most common body type out there. Hour tangles can pick and choose from the hourglass and rectangle guidelines, depending on which side of the equation you're leaning toward or what your wardrobe goals are. What most magazines are referring to with their athletic or boyish description is a super straight, lean body with small bust and narrow hips. However, rectangles aren't always athletic or lean, and here's where it gets a little tricky. 
In my experience, rectangle bodies differ the most when it comes to size. On a rectangle, where weight goes can vary widely. For example, on some, the extra stuff goes to the upper body and the upper arms, back, and bust, giving an apple appearance. If this is you, the apple guidelines are going to be more helpful. On other rectangles, extra goes to the middle, but the shoulders and arms stay relatively thin. This body shape is called an oval, and as we talk, I'll share some tips for dressing this shape. One goal for dressing rectangle body type is to maintain the balance between the top and the bottom, just like your hourglass sisters. Then you have a choice. You can try and enhance the curves you have and create a curvier shape, or you can embrace your straighter shape, which is a very modern current look. Totally up to you. There's no right or wrong answer. So let's dig into what to wear, starting at the top. The best neckline for your body is similar to the hourglass. It depends on your bust and neck. Again, the higher the neckline, the bigger your boobs look and the shorter your neck looks. If you have a long neck and a smaller bust, turtlenecks, mock turtlenecks, and crewnecks can be a great option. However, if you're more well-endowed or have a short neck, a V-neck, scoop, bateau, or even an open-collared shirt, those are better choices. Speaking of which, unlike your hourglass sisters, button-down tops are an easy choice for you since your body is well-proportioned. You can embrace the classic white shirt and jeans look, which is not something everyone can do and look as chic as you can. Fabrics on top are tricky because, again, it depends on your version of a rectangle And if you're carrying extra stuff you want to highlight or not, if you've got some curve and you want to look curvier, knits can help you get there. However, if you're an oval or you feel big on top and you don't want things clinging to those parts, look for wovens or for knits with a lot of drape. If your goal is to create curves, tops with details like ruching, wrapping, ruffles, or color blocking are great for moving the eye around and creating the illusion of curves. One way to create more optical movement on a rectangle body is look for tops that have a high-low or asymmetric hemline. What that means, the high-low is higher in the front, longer in the back. Asymmetric is usually higher on one hip than it is on the other. Boxy, drapey styles were made for your body. You can even wear oversized styles well, but consider giving a little half-tuck to bring in the volume and not lose your shape altogether. Tops with a banded waist are generally good for you as well. They pull in the waist, they blouse out a little bit above, which gives you a curvier top look. For jackets, try boyfriend blazers or moto jackets worn open. Boyfriend blazers support embracing your straight figure, while open moto jackets create curves. Traditional blazers work well as long as they don't have too many princess seams, making them hard to fit, especially if you're an oval. Jackets and blazers that are cropped can help point to a waist too. This is just like we talked about with the hourglass. If you have a flowy shirt underneath that kind of hides the stuff, and then you put a cropped jacket that hits the waist, gives you a very curvy look, but hides some things you may not want people looking at. Okay, for dresses, the most important thing to know again, again, this is for all body types, is that the waist of a dress needs to match the waist of your body. If you are a rectangle with no defined waist, including you ovals, look for dresses without a defined waist like shift or sheath dresses. You can even look for sheath dresses that do not have a horizontal seam across the midsection. This style gives a little bit more structure, and if it has princess seams, it can create the illusion of curves. Remember, princess seams are vertical seams that are curved. Now, if you do have a waist you want to emphasize and enhance, belted styles are a great choice, as are those with waist details. Jumpsuits and rompers tend to work well for rectangles with a bit of a waist as well. Avoid fit and flare dresses. If they fit well in the waist, chances are they'll gap in the bust. Now for bottoms. One way to create curves on both top and bottom is to wear clothing that is more form-fitting. 
the closer to your body clothes are, the curvier you will look. This includes skinny jeans, tailored dress pants. The baggier your bottoms are, the less curvy you'll look. If that's you, or if that's a, a look you like, try boyfriend jeans, joggers, and wide leg trousers. It's my experience that if you need pants or jeans labeled curvy, you're not a rectangle. Chances are that you are an hourglass. Usually pants cut for a straighter figure are labeled modern, but if you're not sure or there is no modern fit, ask a salesperson in the store which is their straightest fit. To get a great fit, and this is for everybody to consider, the straighter your waist is, the wider your waistband should be. If you have very little curve through your waist to your hip, pants with that really skinny waistband and one little button won't work as well as a wider waistband with like a two or three bar closure. For skirts, if you want to create curves, look for styles with movement like pleats or ruching or styles that aren't totally straight like A-line, trumpet, or mermaid. Pencil skirts that fit close to the body are great as well for creating curves. A few final tips for rectangles. Just like clothing made for a more mature customer tends to be curvier, clothes designed for younger customers are traditionally straighter. If your figure is really, really straight and the aesthetics work for you, don't be afraid to try junior sizing which, as I'm sure you know, is designated by odd numbers instead of even. You may need to size up. So if you are a 12 in Mrs. Sizes, try a 13 in Juniors, but you might get a great fit. This is a trick I've used with clients for years, especially for jeans. Belts can be a rectangle's best friend. They can create a waist or accentuate the curves you do have. The only time belts don't work is when you have almost no waist and you just put them over the top of whatever you're wearing, whether it is a dress, or a cardigan. That will highlight the lack of a waist and make you look just very, very straight up and down. So try and blouse the fabric a little bit if you can. A good rule of thumb is that your belt width should be in proportion to the length of your torso. Short torsos do well with thinner belts, while long torsoed ladies can get away with a wider belt. As a rectangle, there aren't any look for this or avoid this look for jewelry. But if you're trying to look less boxy, Try pieces with movement, like layered necklaces instead of just one straight piece, or necklaces with pendants, tassel earrings instead of hoops. Details like that will move the eye around, and that's what creates the illusion of curves. There you go. Like I said, giving advice to rectangles is tough because of all the variations, but hopefully this episode has given you a few ideas to make shopping simpler. Your homework this week, if you are a rectangle, to go through your closet quickly and look for your favorite pieces. Do they fit the guidelines? Is that maybe why you like them so much? Also look for pieces you don't love. Could be they're not best for you. If you'd like an extra challenge, do a little online shopping with some of the ideas you learned today and see if anything jumps out at you. That's it. Have a great week, everyone, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, The Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week.